Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Certain words, even, we have to be so careful with. So, words like done. neat, done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good yeah. hair, neat. Yeah. Because when you break down where that comes from, so for example, good hair. Okay, so mm. what's the comparison mm-hmm. point? Mm-hmm. What's bad what, hair? Yeah, mm-hmm. what is it? And you'll generally find that it's Eurocentric. Um, mm. And then also neat. Neat, when we think of that, is usually laid flat, smooth, yeah. straight. Yeah. Our hair doesn't do that. That's no, not what that it just, does. That just reads as painful. Yeah, and me. trying to make it do that usually is where damage and pain happens Mm. and so for me one of the greatest freedoms that I found with doing my daughter's hair was when I just let their like baby hairs I leave their baby's hair alone I don't slick anything down I don't gel anything down their hair that you know so I do their hair on a sort of two-week cycle and so their hair is looking the most fresh straight out of the gate but Mm -hmm. by week one it's starting to look fuzzy and stuff we're Mm -hmm. very comfortable with fuzzy in my house Mm -hmm. there's no kind of negative attached to fuzzy hair you are listening to the dope black moms podcast i'm delighted to have tola okogu here with us so tola is a british nigerian author journalist hair care educator and dope black mom of two welcome (laughs) to the podcast Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Amazing, amazing. So first of all, just congratulations on your incredible series, the Onyeka series. So anybody that doesn't know, this is a action-packed, empowering superhero series, which is fabulous, fabulously gorgeous. I'm reading Onyeka and the Rise of the Rebels at mm-hmm. home right now. Um, and in the series, you have Onyeka and the Academy of the Sun and Onyeka and the Rise of the Rebels. So I love the quote that I read, um, the superhero we have been waiting for. <laughs> that is just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's a big tagline. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't come up with it. My publishers did. And it's a lot to live up to. And I just hope that Onyeka does. I mean, she's certainly the superhero I um, was always waiting for since childhood. Yeah. And that, that leads me on to Onyeka. How does she come around? Like, where... What what does she fill for you? Um, I mean, the idea is very much centered around a very simple thought, um, which was what if, you know, this character, this young girl, you know, there was something about her that she thought was a problem or she thought was a flaw, something that needed fixing, changing about herself, only to discover that it's actually the source of her strength her power her superpower um that's where the thought came from and you know once that thought came it was pretty kind of clear-cut and straight like straight away I knew it was going to be hair um Mm. because that was my experience growing up and it ties in so strongly with you know the work that I do around um hair care um teaching and coaching people how to look after afro textured hair advocating for healthier hair practices healthier hair products um for black people um, and so, you know, also tying into my experience growing up and how I felt about my hair since childhood and the journey that I went on to love my hair mm. and to discover that there was there was nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly beautiful and wonderful 
um, as it is. And so it just kind of clicked the whole thing and married together. And because mm. I love superhero stories, I love so action I. adventure stories. Yeah. So for me, it was just pretty much a no brainer. Yeah. And did you have, were you writing to your younger self? Were you writing to little black girls? Like, who did you have and who are you wanting to speak to? Um, yeah, definitely. I was very much writing to little me, 11 year old, 10 year old Tola, and the story that, you know, she needed in that time, a story that she could see herself in and a story that told her she was okay. Um, you know, so I was, yeah, very much writing to younger me and in doing that, hoping that it resonated with other little black girls and boys and even big black girls, if that makes sense. Oh, we all need it. I'm a big yeah. black girl and we all <laughs> needed this. Honestly, I I had a similar experience with hair, you know, got bullied, got picked on because of your hair and I'm mixed. So I never quite felt like it was straight enough or curly enough or, you know, that just wasn't wasn't right. It never felt enough in any space. Mm-hmm. And it always comes back to hair. Mm-hmm. Always comes back to hair. And um I models when I was younger and you'd go on set and you'd, you know, have to do your own hair just the, the lack of prioritization and the lack of of yeah of care mm. doesn't make you feel confident doesn't make you feel beautiful and if there's no knowledge and access around you it's really hard um, to 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 you know you can, to rev yourself up isn't it every day yeah. and just and just feel empowered it's so true and beyond just the knowledge it's also that the representation the seeing other people that look like you being celebrated in the things you're consuming whether that be books tv shows it's very telling and it speaks volumes the the lack of it um because it's not just the negative sort of representation it's also just the lack of it as well speaks volumes and so when you live in a society where the cult the dominant culture is so vastly different from yours um is that constant pressure to assimilate into it and you know for black women for black girls our hair and I guess maybe that's why it always comes back to hair that this one of the hardest thing to assimilate because to do so so much damage is done both on a sort of physical level to your hair the health of it but also on a sort of emotional psychological level as Mm. well so Mm. is there anything having your daughters is there any um practical steps like that you took just to curate um around the household or things that they saw is anything like that just from your childhood and your awareness is there anything actively that you did that could maybe help um other mothers listening just to feel um to be proactive about yeah it? funnily enough I think the first it actually starts from us Um, And I learned that quite quickly. And I had another reminder recently. So when I say it starts with us, we are the foremost, we model, we're the first role model and the most important one. And, you know, the outside world is going to do what it's going to do, say what it's going to say, but your home, you want it to be that safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, books are great, you know, curating TV shows are great, although, you know, that's all quite hard. You, but you, how you kind of, the language you use when you talk about hair, yes. the time when you're spending together doing hair, how that is framed, is that a fun time or is it a time of pain and trauma um, and tears? All those things matter. And then also how you 
present yourself. Yeah. So for me, it was a very conscious decision. And this isn't for everyone, but it was a conscious decision on my part. When I went natural, a large part of it um, was, it was two reasons. One, I wanted to rediscover my natural hair because it had been chemically altered from when I was a child. And so I'd gone into adulthood carrying that over and had no real sense of what my hair is. So I wanted to rediscover that and know for myself and not run from it anymore. And two, I was getting to the point where we I knew we were going to have kids soon. And I very much knew I wanted to put off, I just, I didn't want them to run, you know, to feel like they had to chemically alter their hair. And so I felt like, you know, I needed to model that. So I needed, if I was going to be saying, basically, if I'm Mm -hmm. going to be saying, love your hair, your Afro hair is beautiful, Mm -hmm. then I needed to show that. Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and so I've also seen it in coaching in a lot of the clients especially the mothers that I coach we have to think about when we like how do we do our hair if we're predominantly in wigs if we're predominantly in um, braids and our afro hair is just hidden it sends a message whether we mean to or not and I'm a true believer that you know hair should just be hair and you know whatever style choice you make should just be a style choice and you should have that freedom to do whatever you want I just don't think many of us live in that space and it for me it's the promise and it's where I wish we all could get to and so yeah I agree my my worst fear and I have some um some friends and family who who are in this space is you're taking out your weave and your hair your hair um your hairstylist cancels and then you do not feel comfortable to step out of the house or go to work because your hair's not done. Mm. Um, that is my worst fear for my female child to, mm. to ever experience that you're not enough just with your natural hair mm. and that you don't feel you have the tools to style your natural hair or just to look after or to feel beautiful with it. Mm. There was one thing earlier that you said where like hair day and hair care, making mm. it more fun. I think there's another thing from pressures of just being a parent and maybe hangover from kind of traditional um traditional thinking is having hair done and having it looking a certain way I remember my daughter when she was younger trying to get her like hair looking perfect and neat for a birthday party for her birthday party mm-hmm. um all of our family coming around all of our black family coming around I was like I've got to have her hair done because people are not going to think I'm look, I've done her hair people are going to think that she's not like presented and I'm not you know mm-hmm. it, it's me it's me I think they're going to be judging me and my parenting <laughs> yeah. for how her hair looks and then I'm sitting there trying to scrape her hair back into a style it doesn't want to do and she doesn't want it mm-hmm. but that pressure of to look done and presentable to um to to assimilate to Eurocentric beauty standards all of that but and that, that's me who's had a massive journey with my hair and who's a I feel a, a big natural advocate you know I have natural hair but it it kind of creeps in everywhere and I saw her sitting there looking miserable I was like what am I doing why am I making you do this when you don't want to do this it's your birthday party you can wear whatever hair you want and yeah. everyone you know yeah you can be happy doing this same it's, as swimming and and yes it's so true I mean one of the things that I had to and I think I posted about it once on Instagram and the response that I got back was like it was loud and I realized that we needed to hear more of stuff like that certain words even we have to be so careful with so words like neat done yeah um good hair neat because when you break down where that comes from so for example good hair okay so mm. what's the comparison mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. what's bad what, hair yeah mm-hmm. what is it mm-hmm. and you'll generally find that it's eurocentric 
Um, mm-hmm. And then also neat. Neat, when we think of that, is usually laid flat, smooth, yeah. straight. Yeah. Our hair doesn't do that. That's no, not what that it just, does. That just reads as painful. Yeah. And me. trying to make it do that usually is where damage and pain happens. Mm. And so for me, one of the greatest freedoms that I found with doing my daughter's hair was when I just let their, like baby hairs, I leave their baby's hair alone. I don't slick anything down. I don't yeah. gel anything down. Their hair that, you know, so I do their hair on a sort of two week a cycle and right. so their hair is looking the most fresh straight out of the gate but mm-hmm. by week one it's starting to look fuzzy and stuff we're mm-hmm. very comfortable with fuzzy in my house mm-hmm. there's no kind of and, negative and, attached to fuzzy hair and did you did you have to go on a bit of a journey for yourself because oh yes because immediately it can make some people feel anxious you know it's not neat it's not done it's you know the, the fuzz makes you think that can I leave the house oh yeah you know? yeah you do. You have to yeah. unlearn so much. And I do find mm. a lot of the pressures come almost from within the community and we do yeah, it to ourselves do. more Absolutely. so than outside because we've internalized so much of this. So we have to go on that that journey ourselves to unlearn a lot of this negative sort of judgments, behaviors and thinking. Mm-hmm. And where are you at with swimming in your household? To Yes. So both girls swim uh, every week. And Mm -hmm. um, so we use swim caps. How do we swim? Okay. We use swim caps. Um, It's just easy. I mean, because chlorinated water wreaks havoc on on hair. So you want to do as many protective measures as you can. Um, And then it's just knowing how to deal with it. So I think because my girl's hair is in protective styles, most of the time we we favor two strand twists. So they're relatively easy to rinse out and even just lightly shampoo with a shampoo that'll remove the chlorine from their hair. Um, And there's also other little tips and tricks you can use like oiling their hair beforehand or using like covering it in a deep conditioner beforehand plastic cap then swim cap um, and that also provides a sort of protective barrier and then when they come out you rinse it so it's like you've got rid of the chlorine and they've got on a deep condition yay I mean <laughs> two for one. one yeah I think it's really good to hear that and um, I'm really grateful you shared that tip because we do it's great to learn to swim it shouldn't it, you know it sh- it, I would love it to be accessible for everybody mm-hmm. it's a great life skill um it can open up so many doors and just um make you feel confident walking in all types of situations and rooms and it's so sad if anybody is restricted because of their hair mm-hmm. whatever age you know whatever generation you know it, it's a great skill and um there's so many people you can see even even when they're swimming they're not feeling comfortable because mm. they just cannot let it go um so it's great to hear that so can you just tell us again what you're doing just your process um so with the girls so we have swimming caps so my girls have a lot of hair um (laughs) so we regular swim caps don't work so we use brands that are slightly bigger so made specifically for average textured hair so soul cap is a brand for example yeah that does that and there's a few others um and so they use goggles they use the swim cap i think the main thing that i find is me not making a big song and dance if their hair gets wet because I think that's where we pick up those sort of anxieties around it when I make a big dealer out of it they start to tense up and now they can't enjoy their time in the water so we do because it's not the end of the world no it's not it's not and because I don't like heat style their hair because I think actually a lot of that comes from a time when people were predominantly heat styling their hair and so so the water would cause reversion and I think it's also where a lot of the myths around how frequently we should wash our hair came from because it was about maintaining or longevity of 
the style because of the reversion with mm-hmm. water and then that became oh don't wash your hair it's not good to when actually you should be ideally washing weekly maximum two weeks mm-hmm. um so yeah so for me I find that yeah just my attitude about it is the biggest thing then we wear they wear the swim cap sometimes it's great does a great job other times depending on how active they've been in, it just yeah. comes off and mm-hmm. that's that and so then it becomes like, okay that's happened what do we do now and that's usually because of how I keep the hair it's a simple sort of often rinse and what I'll do because their hair is in a protective style I just need access to their scalp and for the solution to run through their hair so I'll often get one of those applicator bottles apply yeah. the shampoo dilute like it nozzle. down yeah okay. with a nozzle so then it's a watery but soapy mixture then apply mm. it and then squeeze it through their hair and then rinse out and then we're good to go fabulous and that's amazing I can see all like for learning and the work you've done and 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 how you're championing it did you have any um any resistance like was it kind of an easy road for you and your family and like friends being supportive or did anybody kind of think you're doing too much or again (laughs) like any of the kind of negative maybe Um, slightly yeah no I was really lucky like one my husband incredibly he doesn't care like and I've seen that for a lot of women actually sometimes doing the transition going on that journey comes because there's a journey that you have to go to and you have to redefine what beauty is because of what you know, society's told us and everyone around you's told totally. you. When I first was married, my husband, that was the first time he'd seen a black woman with hair wet. Oh, wow. The first time he'd seen it because everybody's been, you know, protective or wrapping their hair or in a cap or whatever mm. they're doing. Um, he'd just never seen wet hair, wet natural hair. Wow. Mm. It's, it sounds like... It sounds but it's actually but it's, quite... Yeah, it's common. It, mm. it is so hiding all the time in fact he he my husband prefers it like because it's just freedom I'm freer I'm less you know tense I don't mind his hands being in my hair or that he's going to mess something up so he just that's what he enjoys and it's whatever puts me in that state of mind is he's happy with so I bet he is yeah yeah, absolutely (laughs) so he's 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 been amazingly supportive and then people can't argue with results so because when I went on my healthy hair journey I was getting results. Hair, mm. I had a hair that prior to that was relaxed and never grew past my shoulders because it just kept breaking at that point. That's as long as I could get it before the breakage kind of was too much and I'd had to start from scratch. So suddenly when I started looking after it and you know changing my techniques, learning, learning what my hair wanted, needed, and I was my hair was growing, people were just curious. Mm. And what I found more than because anything- Because that's the myths as well though. Well, yeah. That, that your hair can't, can't grow yeah, past. That it can't grow. Mm. So it was- that so then I got a lot of curiosity and questions and the thing that actually kept coming at me was people assuming that I had I was mixed with something that was why oh, I was achieving this re- yeah way. I couldn't yeah. be full Nigerian and my hair be like this so it was yeah. that was it was those kind of entrenched um myths and false yeah. beliefs that were coming at me and it became a sort of learning opportunity and pretty soon my circle of friends so I did it then my sister actually <sighs> my sister did went first then I did it then I just found that I was now slowly influencing my circle my mom went natural and then like a group of close friends that had about nine women like now everyone's natural that is not amazing. a single one is yeah and it's just been a result of because I said you can't argue with seeing you can't kind of the change so um, that is life-changing like that that has fundamentally changed those women's lives and you never know like you said you can't you can't argue with results you know 
women and people around them also seeing them with natural hair you just don't know what that can do you don't know how far seeing that spreads yeah that's that's amazing that's amazing that that that's happened um yeah love that love that um so what do your daughters think about your lead character Oh, they, well, my youngest loves her because she's named after her. Um, my youngest middle name or one of her middle names is Onyekachi. And that's who Onyeka is named after because I have a habit of naming my characters after my children. So, um, and not, she's not in the reading. So she's five, no, sorry, she's six. She's five going on six. So Onyeka's a little bit outside of her reading age, but she mm. every time she sees her, she just thinks that that's her. <laughs> so she loves that. My eldest, she loves that mummy is doing this. She loves that this is my job um, and that, you know, her peers are reading books like this, but Onyeka's not kind of the book that she likes to read. And that okay. was a bit of a journey for me because I get asked this question, oh, does your daughter read? No, she doesn't. Um, yeah. She's just not her kind. She is not into fantasy or kind of superhero. And that's cool. I I, I just want her to read. So whatever yeah. she's happy to read, then as long as she's reading, I, I'm not bothered about Amazing. what it is. So I respect her choices and I don't, you know, I'm like, maybe one day she'll get curious and go looking and exploring. But yeah, so, but they, they, I think they're just, I'm happy. And that's, that makes for a happy environment. That makes it possible for me to be the best mom that I can be because I feel fulfilled and I feel like I'm walking in my purpose yeah. and having an impact, which naturally has, you know, the benefits of that flow over into totally. them and they see that. So totally. They do see that. And it reminds me of something that, that you triggered in me um, early when you said um, your husband loves it when you feel freer because mm -hmm. you're not um, say stiff and protective, like, Oh, don't touch my hair or I can't do this. or I have to sleep this certain way, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it fundamentally kind of changes your aura, doesn't it? It changes how you interact with people. Yes. Um, and that freeness does resonate like it, it, it um, like a frequency, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I have no doubt that's what those other women in your life are picking up on and changing their head. I just mean just that frequency. I just, it always, uh, I just think it's amazing. You just never know where it's going to go or who it's going to, who it's going to touch. And I'm sure I have no doubt that obviously your daughters are seeing that and picking up on that and just knowing innately that they are enough. It's okay. It's beautiful. You know, all those things that I would have, well, I definitely didn't get when I was younger mm -hmm. and, and what the series is speaking to you living it. It just, um, you just, you know, that fear of not being able to leave the house because your hair's not done. Yes. It, it, well, honestly, it does spread throughout your whole life, doesn't it? it it's limiting. It is. And actually, funny enough, this one of the things like I remember doing when the school run and you know, consciously, actually for me, funny enough, it wasn't my hair. I'd already gotten kind of to the point where I was like, my hair is my hair. It's cool. And I, what I do is I set myself little challenges. Mm -hmm. So, because there's still barriers that I have even, you know, this far along of things that I think, oh, that, you know, that that's not done. I can't go out like that. So mm -hmm. I set like, so my hair, I did two strand twists. My hair's like a tapered, short tapered cut. And I often, when I'm kind of going out or do special occasion, I'll do two strand twists and take it out the next night so I have that defined texture pick mm -hmm. it out and that's the style so I've been challenging myself to go out in the pre-style <laughs> the mm -hmm. prep style which where historically I would cover it stick it a cap on stick a scarf yeah. well yeah so I was like so it's kind of those challenges I set myself 
to do that. It's funny, I did it two days ago and my husband's top me. He was like, uh, you know your hair's still in twist because he knows it's a pre-style. And yeah. I said, yep, I do and stuff. And he's like, okay, I just wanted to check because I didn't want you to get where you're going and yeah. realize you felt like, nope, I know what I'm doing. I've got it. I'm stepping and out I, the door now. It's yeah. happening. <laughs> and how so, did you feel? Did you make it through the day? Did anything I did. happen to you? Nothing happened. Nobody <laughs> stared. Nobody well, whispered. Nobody right, No one pointed at you. No one chucked anything. Exactly. And it just goes to show how much of it we do to ourselves. And head, actually, yeah. people people accept what we present them if we move with confidence about what we're doing they just assume that that's what we meant to do and it's all good so totally. yeah totally totally um just like we were speaking about um your circles were encouraged to go natural um I can imagine you getting feedback about the series mm. um is there anything that you can share that has really moved you or touched you when he stayed with you oh there's been so many I like, can imagine it's yeah it's uh, because I wrote this book for every child that's why mm -hmm. it's you know a fast-paced action adventure and the themes are so universal that thing identity and you know self-acceptance and that thing about yourself that everybody goes through that they feel makes them stand out or prevents them from fitting in and just to realize that it, you don't need to fit in it's okay to be different it's okay to be unique and there's nothing wrong with that but you know there is still that thing that is so specific to the black child and the black um girl um even if, if I want to drill down even further um because that's where I was writing it from and so when I hear back um and also just that Nigerian experience as well of um being an outsider within mm -hmm. a culture and so mm -hmm. I've had feedback um where it's like schools say you know we've had a lot of children come in who are from a Nigerian heritage and reading your books has really helped to you know help them settle to yeah. feel connected especially in areas where they're you know my, even more of a minority so oh, yeah. having that representation and seeing their culture so um celebrated, celebrated. on the page mm -hmm. um has either you know had an impact in how they're settling or brought them to reading. Like for me, that's the ultimate to hear that my books helped what would be, or what people thought was a reluctant reader enjoy reading. Cause I don't really because believe they're that they're engaged. reluctant. Yeah. I think yeah. that there's a book out there for every child. And so when you see children who are reluctant to read, it's because you haven't yet found the story or the things, or they don't yet know have figured out, you know, the story that they enjoy or they do, but it's maybe not being honored by the people around them. And mm -hmm. so when I get that feedback, that's so powerful. When I hear from older black women that yeah. this was the book that I needed when I was 10, when I yeah. was young, you know, and it just really, yeah. you know, it's that almost retrospective affirmation in mm -hmm. a way that also really touches me as well. So there's been so, and then I think the last one is, hearing from young children that see my journey, see my picture on the back of the books, read the story and think I could do that. Maybe I could do that because for the first time they've seen someone that looks like them mm. doing the walk and suddenly it feels more real and it feels possible. And and that is everything, isn't it? That is everything. absolutely everything to see that. That's just brilliant. So both books are available now? Yes, they very much are. So yeah, available in all good bookshops and anywhere good books are sold <laughs> fabulous fabulous thank you so much for coming on to the podcast really appreciate you sharing your journey and just well done on the series like I said we're reading at home and absolutely loving it thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure dope black moms if you'd like to join the dope black moms private facebook group please search dope black moms on facebook don't forget to rate review and subscribe please follow on all socials at dope black moms thanks so much for listening 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 